hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your buddy, Paladino Joey, and your host, Joey Awijan. Well, today is the silver episode of Brave the Wild. That would be episode number 25 for Brave the Wild today. So an exciting day, a nice little milestone for the show, and finally getting things rolling, at least to that point. The show is about 13, 14 months old now. October 12th, 2009, and uh, we've got some regular season hockey to talk about as uh, the Wild are off and running. Yeah, they're off and running, all right, in the regular season. Yeah, we got four games to review, and that will be the main focus of the show today. We're just going to have two segments today. We're going to uh, get into the... The, the game reviews, basically a simple thing, as simple as that in segment number two. Uh, first and foremost, though, Brave the Wild is available on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes, and I do thank each and every one of you for always joining, downloading, and listening to this show. It is really, really awesome of you. Thank you again. And um, on the sportsstuff.com, there's a button that says TSS Boards on the right-hand side. Click on that. That is how you can be a member of the sportsstuff.com message boards, and I do deeply encourage you to join the message boards on the sportstuff.com it is a lot of fun you can interact with me other posters on there and we need as many hockey posters as we can get right now there aren't that many of us out there uh there is chris porter and matt kennedy in particular that post quite a bit on the in the hockey boards and i do appreciate you two out there who are probably listening and uh you know we need to get some more hockey posters out there and there's a lot of people in minnesota that love hockey so hop on board it is 100 percent free and 100% fun. There's a little referral bar as you're signing in, or signing up, that is. On the way down, type in Paladino Live, which is two separate words, Paladino Live, P-A-L-A-D-I-N-O, Live. That's all you got to do there. And you're on board. All right, and one final thing of note before I go to break. the We do have a voicemail line, and I'd like to get you to call in here, please. It is... 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, that is how your voice can be on air with mine. You can interact, you leave a voicemail, which is uh, anywhere from uh, up to about a minute long, I'd say. Mention which show you are calling into, so Brave the Wild, and there you go, you'll be a part of things. So, with no further ado, we'll take a break, and we'll get into the game reviews and into this hockey season after this. Here on the sportsstuff.com, join the family with Purple Mafia. With Brett Favre now in the mix with Adrian Peterson, the best running back there is, along with the new Purple People Eaters, the Viking ship is on course for something great. We're available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. We'll bring you the most honest and passionate Viking show there is. Here on thesportstuff.com, the new fast-breaking wolves are bursting on the scene with Timberwolves Explosion. Hear about this exciting new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, Johnny Flynn, and new coach Kurt Rambis. Check us out on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, where we cover the wolves like nobody else. Show your true blue, download and listen to this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 25, which is a reminder for iPod, 
Microsoft Zune and other MP3 users. Welcome back again. Let's get into the games. So the season opened Saturday the 3rd of October. Of course, this month that we're in right now, aren't you happy? A little bit, teeny bit earlier start, maybe a few days earlier because of the uh, the winter games already. Can you believe it's already time for the winter games already? Again, 2010, February, January, February. Crazy. But here we go. So Saturday... The Minnesota Wild lose Saturday the 3rd of October. They go to Columbus and lose in the season opener. And it wasn't the most exciting game ever. It really wasn't. And quite honestly for you folks, it looked like the same old crap. It really did. And um, going into the season opener in Columbus, I expected the Minnesota Wild to name a captain. I was like, okay, let's see who the captain's going to be. It's probably Koivu, you know, probably Koivu as a... Uh, that's what the poll would indicate. You know, polls out there, everybody's picking Miku Koivu. Um, but the Wild did not name a captain. Coach Todd Richards did name three alternate captains, however, and those tend to fluctuate a little bit. So this is getting interesting. But at that point in time, Miku Koivu, Andrew Burnett, and Nick Schultz. So the Wild had never, you know, how the Wild had never had a full-time captain in the Lemaire era. Richards is biding his time, just letting... One of the three mentioned Erna, the famous Captain C. So basically, they're just waiting. You know, they're just figure, you know, give it some time since we've never had a full time captain. Let's just wait. And I don't know. It's getting kind of silly. Can we just can we just end the drama and name the captain and get it over with? That'd be nice. The first period, well, uh, there was there was you know there was some interest. Let's just say, I mean, the Wild did get nine shots on goal, which is a bit more than in the Lemaire era on average, I'd say. Columbus mustered 11 shots on goal. Neither team was able to score in the first period. This is a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty shot-heavy game. Lots of lots of offense in this game. Not a lot of goals, though, as mentioned. Columbus winning 2-1. to one. So the second period rolls around. This was not a good period for our Minnesota Wild. It really wasn't. Columbus mustering 19 shots on goal. The Wild did get 12, but 19 for Columbus. And it's like, man, to give to, to get a little, you have to give a little, huh? So to get a little more offensive style, you have to give a little on defense, and it looks like they're kind of giving a lot, at least sort of. So so it appears as uh, Umberger was able to score a shorthanded goal. Wild go on the power play, you figure, here we go. Wild power play, by the way, one for four, so not bad. Um, they did shut down two of Columbus's opportunities on the power play, but they gave up a shorthanded goal. That was just terrific. Umberger just stole the puck right from Brent Burns, went on a one-on-one break against Nicholas Backstrom, and it was 1-0 Columbus, and almost immediately after that, another turnover. Rick Nash had a shorthanded break that this time Nicholas Backstrom was able to stop. Um, it just got things very interesting indeed. <laughs> um, that was pretty much all she wrote for the second period, just a energetic game in that sense, but overall, to me, I mean, it was energetic in terms of shots on goal, but overall... The same lack of production. I mean, when the Wild get shots on goal in the past, there was no execution. I mean, you'd, you'd get sh- shots and everything, but but the it wasn't really a very good attempt, let's just say. You know, it wasn't really a legit scoring chance. You just happened to get it on goal. Oh, goody, you know. Just weak little shots that were right there for the goalie to shut down. But we thought things were on the up and up a little bit as we go into the third period. Early in the third period, Brent Burns was able to draw a penalty when he was whacked on the ankle a few times. Brunette, <laughs> then on the power play, 
made a move very similar, eerily similar, to his Game 7 goal in Colorado back in 2003. I mean, it was the same move, just not quite as dramatic, I guess. He wasn't on a break, but it was the same kind of flip, and it was like a, almost looked like a crossover in basketball. Kind of cool-looking play. Tied things up one-to-one, so it's like, okay, all right, cool. And the goal, by the way, Brune had 600 in his career. Uh, 600th point of his career, excuse me, not 600 goals. He'd be in the Hall of Fame right now, but... Um, you know, not bad. It was a nice-looking play. Unfortunately, though, Radoslav Klesa, only six minutes later, five minutes later, Radoslav Klesa, the guy who was taking one pick after Marion Gabrick in 2000, the guy who's really not been much of a factor offensively, and in fact, he was scratched quite a few times the last couple of years because he's just not that good. Stepping up a little bit, I guess, of late, like late last year and into this year, he was able to give Columbus a 2-1 to lead, and that's all that mattered in the end. The Wild mustered 12 shots to Columbus's 9 because they're trying to frantically trying to uh, tie the game up, but it didn't work out. It just did not work out, and that was quite unfortunate. They did pull the goalie. Luckily, they didn't give up an empty net, and uh, that was it. The shots on goal favor Columbus 39-33. to, to 33. The face-offs also favor Columbus 32-27, to 27. so that's just the way things are. <laughs> that's how it went with the... Uh, for this particular hockey game, and that's about all there is to say. Just same old crap, really, as far as I'm concerned. Not a good thing to see, as far as I'm concerned. The Minnesota Wild then, on Tuesday the 6th, so they had a three-day three day break there, two-day break. Minnesota Wild take on the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in the, in the, uh, the Target Center, I almost said it, in the XL Energy Center, and uh, it's a Let's just say this was a pretty crazy game. It's like, yeah, we're probably just going to lose to Anaheim again. And, of course, stupid Saku Koivu is going against his brother. Oh, goody. I'm so excited to see him. <laughs> he should be here on the wild. Uh, the first period, Minnesota was able to get 10 shots to Anaheim 7. So, uh, they, you know, they, they, they were sort of on the attack, but it was nothing special. It was pretty, it, it just almost looked like the same old thing, really. Um... Not the, not the neutral zone trap anymore, just the same lack of production. And uh, to me, it's not a, a bad coaching scheme. It's just it's the same roster, you know. It's a very similar roster. Despite the fact there's been a lot of changes, it's the same type of players, you know, that get it done sometimes, you know. It's, uh, it's still it's a long, it's going to be a long process, I think. It's going to be a long road till the Minnesota Wild are a legit uh, playoff contender. As we're talking top top eight team in the NHL, we, we could we could call it. Um, so that was pretty much the first period, a lot of back and forth, and nothing really nothing really uh, getting through there. Second period, however, the floodgates open, and this was on a night the Minnesota Twins won the division. A very, very emotional night, very, very emotional night for the Minnesota Twins, who were able to defeat the Detroit Red Wings, right? No, <laughs> Detroit Tigers in 12 innings. And it's like, cool, that's great, but uh, now the Wild are raining on the parade as they're just getting stomped as Anaheim was able to score three goals in a fairly short period of time here, about five minutes, yeah, six minutes, about a six-minute period, there we go, of time, Anaheim, three goals, it's just one, two, three, and it's like, come on, why Why is this happening, why, why do you guys got to rain on our parade here, we, we were having a lot of fun be, watching the, the Minnesota Twins get in the playoffs, who... You know, started a really nice long playoff run this year, didn't they? Well, 
No, they didn't. They got swept in the first round by the Yankees. But still, for one night, it was fun to watch Twins baseball, and it was a fun night to be a sports fan in Minnesota as the Vikings had just defeated the Green Bay Packers in a very emotional game. Um, yeah, but not the Wild, right? <laughs> Joffrey Lapool getting his first goal of the year. Ryan Whitney, James Wisniewski assisting on that. So it was one nothing there. Five minutes into the second period. Oh, two minutes later. <laughs> two minutes later, Anaheim goes up two to nothing. Evgeny Artyukin. Evgeny Artyukin was able to get his goal there. A Russian, Corey Perry Ryan Getzlov, Getzlov, excuse me, assisting two nothing Anaheim right away. And then the infamous Stakukwebu on the power play. Anaheim was one of two on the power play, by the way. The Wild two of five for the game. Um. But Saku Koi, boy, wasn't that just great? It's like rubbing it in our face, right? Mm-hmm. So Anaheim's going to kick our butts in our first home game, right? They're going to kick our butts in our first home game, and Saku Koi is there to rub it in. Oh, it's just, I just feel so good right now, all warm and cozy. <laughs> and uh, it was a switcheroo on shots and goal, 10-7 to in favor of Anaheim in that particular period. But ladies and gentlemen, the third period was a thing of beauty. The third period was a thing of beauty as the Wild... We're able to get, well, <laughs> we're able to get their power plays in this game, folks. They were able to get their power plays in this game. In the regular play, or excuse me, in regulation time, the Wild were 2 for 5. They were 1 for 1 in the power play in overtime, so essentially 3 of 6. That's pretty darn good. Miko Koivu answers his brother about 6.5 minutes into the first period as he scores in the power play, Martin Havlet who had three assists on the night. Just a beautiful game for him. Havlet and Brunette, that's got to be the top line for the Wild right now, I would have to say, other than maybe Peter Sikora, who was able to score six minutes later for his first goal, Martin Havlet. There's the second assist for him, Eric Belanger with the assist. And five minutes later, the Minnesota Wild, just they shocked the living crap out of me and tie the game. It's like, you sons of guns. You're not going to let the Twins enjoy their... their yeah, you're, you're not going to let the Twins steal all the fun, are you? <laughs> you're going to join in the party. And you know what? As a Minnesota sports fan, hop on board. The more the merrier. I mean, we need all the we need all the, the happy sports nights we can get here in Minnesota. That's for darn sure. Eric Belanger ties it up on the power play. Martin Havlet and Brent Burns assisting there. That goal was just, it just was so, it was such a wonderful feeling. It was pretty much, he was just pretty much trying to keep the puck on net, which seems to be the wild style since season started, you know, or since their inception, excuse me, in 2000, it was just, he just kind of flung it to the net, and, uh, well, sometimes when you just put the puck on net, as they say, good things happen, and Belanger was able to get her done, tied it up for two minutes to go, and off to overtime we go, and who is the man that always seems to get it done on the power play historically in, in, in overtime for the Minnesota Wild? I mean, it's a guy who's done it forever. He's done it forever, and it was Andrew Brunette. Three minutes in, as you knew the Wild, it's like, oh my God, we're on the power play, we're on a we're on a roll. Can we finish things? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And no, I'm not trying to steal a line from a politician that will be re- that will remain nameless. <laughs> second goal of the year for Bruno Eric Belanger with his second assist of the night, and Kim Janssen joining in the party. And ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Wild defeat the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, but not not before something. Something along the way pissed off the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and I don't really know what it was. 
There was some type of, uh, they were giving the wild pretty much looks of death for some odd reason. I'm not sure what it was. Brunette is, to me, I've never seen him as a guy who would talk trash, and it didn't look like he was doing that. But for some odd reason, somebody was really pissed off at the Wild, or a couple of the Anaheim players were really pissed off, and uh, that answer was never revealed to us, so I'm sorry I don't have the information on that. All that mattered at this point in time, the Wild win their first game of the year. The unfortunate part, ladies and gentlemen, to this point, it's their last win of the year. So we've got two more games to review. As the Wild get greedy when they head to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. For some odd stupid reason, the Minnesota Wild have an insane problem with the L.A. Kings. Yep, that's right. The L.A. Kings. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is with this. But, yeah. Thursday, the 8th of October, the, the L.A. Kings beat the Wild 6-3. to 6-3 to uh, in, the in the very first period. About three and a half minutes into the game. Not even. It was 2 nothing L.A. And we're, yeah, the first period, about three and a half minutes into the game, 2 nothing L.A. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> I mean, I literally was just turning the game on, sitting down. I wasn't fully paying attention at the very beginning because I just, you know, I was kind of getting stuff ready, looking at it, kind of screwing around on the Internet. Kept turning, cocking my head over, 2 nothing. It's like, you're, what the hell? Ryan Smith with his second goal of the year, Justin Williams with his first, the former Philadelphia flyer, and then... Anze Kopitar, yeah, good old Kopitar with his third goal of the year. And Ryan Smith and Justin Williams were factors in the first two goals, assisting there. And it's 3 nothing L.A. halfway through the first period. It's like, come on, folks. Can I, even, can I even get settled in my seat before this game is already over? I mean, the game is already basically over. Or, uh, well, you know, <laughs> we, you can never say never after what the Wild did two days ago against Anaheim. I mean, if the Wild can come back against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, a 3-0 lead, which you knew would never happen in the Jacques Lemaire era. You figure, hmm, maybe there's something special about this Todd Richards scheme, and uh, let's see what happens. You know, does this team have the comeback in them again? Well, not necessarily. No, they didn't. They, well, they kind of did for a short point of time here, period of time, excuse me. Now, they did muster two goals in the second period, but unfortunately... Michael Hensis, in between two goals, one by Martin Havlet and Nick Schultz in that second period. Hensis was able to put the Kings up with what would have been, it was three to, excuse me, it was four to one at the time. Nick Schultz luckily was able to get the Wild at four to two, so there was still a little bit of hope. The Wild power play, by the way, is pretty darn good. Two of four again, one of four for L.A., so very good job by the Wild on the power play. And by the way, folks, one other thing to note, the Wild's face-offs, their record in the face-offs, yeah, they lost in the first game against Columbus, the face-off battle, you could say. 39-23 to against the Anaheim Ducks, and on and against the LA Kings, the Minnesota Wild went 37-23. to 37-23. It's like, whoa. So all of a sudden, the Minnesota Wild are good at face-offs. Unfortunately, it's not really translating into consistent winning hockey yet. Sooner or later, you got to think it will. But uh, giving up six goals against the LA Kings is like <laughs> a complete joke. It's a complete joke, folks. And it was, by the way, Josh Harding's first start of the year and a guy that would probably like to keep his trade value as high as possible and is on a one-year deal. That eh, doesn't look good on your resume. Six goals allowed against the Los Angeles Kings. Road game or not, six goals allowed. 
complete BS. And how many shots did Josh Harding face on this night? 23. He gave up six goals on 23 shots. That sucks. That just uh, That's not his night, folks. And not the Wilds' night either. The Wild mustered 29 shots, by the way. 11 in the second period to LA's three. The Wild definitely pull, uh, outplayed the LA Kings in the second period. It's plain as day, but unfortunately that darn Michael Hansis got, <laughs> got a goal. He was able to put it in. Only one of three shots in that second period by the Kings. The Wild 10 of 10 to 6 on the shot category in the third period, but it just wasn't the Wild's night at all. Kim Johnson made it really interesting, though. Six and a half minutes in, 4 to 3, and it's like, oh my God, are the Minnesota Wild going to be called the Comeback Kids? Because they've outscored the LA Kings 3 to 1 since it was uh, 3 to 0 Kings. 4 to 3 game. Nope. Teddy Purcell gets his second goal of the year, and then less than a minute later, Ryan Smith buries the Wild. It is then 6-3, to three, and you can call it a night, folks. It is over, and uh, you can watch go watch the Tonight Show in L.A. That's about the end of that. I mean, it's the Tonight Show for the Wild. All over. Not a good game. Not anything I even want to remember. It was, it was just, let's just say it wasn't worth it at all. It just wasn't a game that was barely worth watching, other than that fun comeback for a short period of time. But very sloppy play by the Wild, and um, it... It was uh, not a pretty sight at all. Now, in the article, in an article in the Star Tribune about this point in time, after the L.A. game, Todd Richards uh, had mentioned oh, the Minnesota Wild had benched Peter Sikora and Martin Havlat in that L.A. game for sloppy play, bad defense. And uh, Martin Havlat basically is like, yeah, no problem. I don't blame him. I would have benched me too, and I'll step up. And the Wild do play better against the San Jose Sharks on October the 10th, Saturday, October the 10th, in the Shark Tank. But unfortunately, the wins just the wins just are hard to come by for this team. They do go up two to nothing, by the way, but they don't win the game. San Jose is able to win this thing four to two. Andrew Burnett with his third goal of the year, seven minutes into the first period. That was a beautiful thing to see. Andrew Burnett is leading the team in goals early on. So not showing any ill effects from that knee surgery back in June, or excuse me, back in April, excuse me, back in April, no ill effects from that, and uh, no ill effects from his age either, the 36-year-old Andrew Burnett playing some wonderful hockey, and he's, you know, I, I see more energy in this guy this year than last year, definitely, so you could tell that surgery was probably a long time in coming, I mean, I have a feeling that knee was bad for a long time, and it was just a deteriorating situation for uh, maybe two or three years for him. But yeah, that was pretty much all the scoring in the first period. The Wild come out with a lot of energy and outshoot the San Jose Sharks 12-7 to in that first period. The second period was very entertaining, but unfortunately, entertaining isn't always what you want. The Wild and Sharks traded 29 shots in that period. 29 shots. 14 by the Wild, 15 by San Jose. Owen Nolan scoring against his old team on the power play. The Wild were 1 of 8 on the power play. So that you could chalk that up to poor execution. Poor execution for the Minnesota Wild on this particular day. Very, very disappointing. But there was that one power play goal. And uh, thank you for that, Mr. Owen Nolan. As Jed or- Ortmeier 
Only two minutes later, was able to make it 2-1. to one. And another two minutes after that, Patrick Marlowe already with his fourth goal of the year. Already four goals for Patrick Marlowe. A guy who's had a, uh, he's kind of had an up and down run for the last two years. And he's looking really good coming out of the gate here. So fantasy owners rejoice there. And a guy who's always been a big time name in fantasy hockey. And a guy who was really huge in the off season, lots of free agent trade rumor talks, and maybe even free agent sign. You know, well, mostly trade talks. Danny Heatley, who finally wound up on a team other than the Ottawa Senators, gets his fifth goal of the year for the San Jose Sharks. Danny Heatley, assisted by Dan Boyle and Joel Thornton. I mean, talk about a star-studded lineup these San Jose Sharks have. They already had a really star-studded lineup last year. Now they have Danny Heatley. Mm. And uh, th- this was just a night where better players. The better players won the game. The better team was with the better players won the game, and that's just all there is to it. More, more going on. Despite the fact the Wild outshot the San Jose Sharks forty to twenty-nine, so the scheme is there, the formula is there to get shots on goal, but <laughs> the talent isn't there to get the puck in the net. That's the problem. Nabokov stopping forty of thirty-eight shots was huge. Patrick Marlowe with his fifth goal of the year, assisted by old-school Rob Blake on that one, and also Mark Vlasic. Mm. It's a very, very, very talented team. There are the San Jose Sharks. They were one of five on the power play, by the way. Um, mm. That was just nine seconds into the third period, by the way, and that pretty much took the air out of the building for the Minnesota Wild anyway, and it really had the, the shark tank hopping and excited as they had a pretty good feeling their team was going to pull this thing out and they did so that's pretty much the end of the story this was uh todd richard's former team and uh todd mcclellan was uh, so there's a lot of minnesota i mean there's a couple minnesota wild ties with the san jose sharks um yep todd richards is from the san jose sharks coaching staff todd mcclellan was from the houston arrows coaching staff he was the houston arrows head coach um so this is a but the one thing with the houston or excuse me the san jose sharks to date have been a awesome regular season team but not a good playoff team at all and uh we'll see if this is finally their year that they'll finally get through all that uh bs basically in the postseason they just seem to underachieve when it comes to the playoffs but when you look at their lineup you got to think sooner or later they're going to break through and maybe this is the year i wish it was for the wild but right now I don't know. I think they're a year or two away from really moving up into the, into that category, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see with that. The good news is we have a more offensive-minded coach. We have a more uh, diverse-minded, <laughs> to put it to put it lightly, and we a more open-minded general manager in Chuck Fletcher, and we have um, you know a, a bigger hockey fan and more of a guy who's willing to spend in owner Craig Leopold. So that's the encouraging thing. And uh, I could see our team trying to be similar to the San Jose Sharks. Let's just hope the Wild have more postseason success than the San Jose Sharks have had the last several years. Yes, the last several years. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I'm going to say for today. The Minnesota Wild, uh, you know, I'm not too impressed with their start to the season. But at the same time, there's small there, there's signs of improvement long term. Like there's signs that this team with the right pieces, will be better. You, you can see it. They're winning face-offs. They're uh, getting a lot more shots on goal than you could ever have dreamed of in the Jacques Lemaire era. 
And other than that LA Kings game, the defense has been decent. I mean, it was pretty good in the Columbus game. It stepped up in the Anaheim game after screwing around in that second period. And it was, uh, you know, against the San Jose Sharks. I don't know. It's kind of like, what can you do? I mean, they they weren't spectacular, no. But at the same time, they're the wild defense. But what can you do? That That is a star-studded lineup, folks. And um, we'll just maybe hope we can match up with them in the playoffs and beat them. Because I think the Sharks will choke again <laughs> until they prove me wrong and probably a lot of other hockey fans out there wrong. So at this point now, I'm just going to give you a reminder. Do call in to the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Also hit me up on email, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. And don't forget to sign up to the message boards. It would be appreciated. And uh, let's just hope this Minnesota Wild team can step it up here as they have a lot of stepping up to do. Minnesota Wild next game, Anaheim Mighty Ducks in Anaheim on Wednesday. Of course, a 9 o'clock start for us in the Twin Cities. Will the Wild go in and beat the Anaheim Ducks again? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully. As <laughs> long as Saku Koivu doesn't come out and score on us again, that's frustrating. It seems always like the guys we either wanted or should have had, or a guy we had and didn't produce here, like Pavel Dimitra, they always come back and bite us in the you-know-what, including Patrick O'Sullivan last season, who, by the way, was not on the lineup card for the LA Kings this last week. So that's another interesting thing of note right there. Patrick O'Sullivan, hmm. We'll get we'll get an update on his status at some point in time later on. So with no further ado, we're going to call it a show today. Thank you for listening to the Silver Episode number 25 of Brave the Wild and we will talk to you in a week. Take care.